Yeah, yeah, I'm in St. Louis today. Oh, beautiful. Okay. Very good. So we're at the bottom of Yud Gimel Amud Beis, 13b, going into 14. We're in the middle of a thought, but that's okay. Um, the question is, uh, there's a special bracha during a tainus called Anenu. And the question is, when you dive in a private Shmona Esrei, can you say a separate bracha for Enenu? Or do you put it in Shomea Tevila? So most of us know the answer, that because oh, <laughs> uh, we know what we do. Uh, only the Chazan makes a separate bracha. If you're the Shliach Sibor, you make a separate bracha of Enenu. Uh, but if you're a private person, you put it in Shemeya Tefila. And your private Shemona Esrei, you say a name. It's very confusing, by the way. That's, that's the most confusing thing. Uh, but hopefully, after you learn our Gemara, you'll see why it is that way. Um, but the Gemara in the beginning is questioning, how do we know that? Maybe even if you daven your private Shemona Esrei on a fast day and you're fasting, you make a 19th bracha of Anenu. And you would say it in, uh, right after Berech over there just like the Chazin. That's the question uh, that the Gemara wants to resolve. When does a private person also uh, make a bracha of Anenu, or does he put it in the Shemona Esrei? That's, that's the question we're in the middle of. So we're trying to prove it from the wording of the Mishnah, um, where the Mishnah talks about the series of different fast days that they had. And it doesn't mention um, this issue of the difference being between whether you make the 18th bracha or the 19th bracha. It seems to leave it out. So the question is, is the Mishnah, uh, did it leave it out because there's a difference or is there no difference? So the question is, was the Mishnah listing all things or was the Mishnah limited to only certain things when it talked about the differences in different Tanesim. That's really the question. Is there a difference between private and public, and did the Mishnah leave it out on purpose? So the Gemara says, we're going to start from the last line. Good morning, Rabbi Golding. We're just beginning on 13b on the last line, and we're dealing with this question of whether a Nenu uh, is a separate bracha when you daven privately, uh, just like the Shliach Tzibor, or does it get put into Shema uh, Kolenu, like the Tzibor? And it's going to, the question is, did the Mishnah, the, can we infer it from the Mishnah? But the key tema, Hachanami Tani Vishayer, maybe you can't really infer anything from this Mishnah because it's not a complete list of all the differences. The Gemara says, yeah, but what do you mean it's not a complete list? Va'ein bein katani. It says there's no difference, which implies that it is a complete list. There's sometimes Mishnayis that just list a few details, and there may be more details. But this says there's no difference between this fast and that fast. So it clearly is telling you everything. So the Gemara says, v'tizra ein bein tani. And do you mean to tell me, as we turn to today's page, that the Mishnah is a complete list? Vahashayr Teva. There's a whole interesting ceremony left out. 
they would bring the Torah to the main square uh, for uh, part of the fast day. And that's, that's left out. Uh, in other words, when the fast was getting really uh, the middle fast, where it was a very big communal tragedy, uh, if it wouldn't rain, people would starve, they would take the aron out to the, they, there was a, in front of the shul, they had a big square, a gathering place. Um, and um, so they would take the aron out, and it doesn't even make the list. So obviously this is not a complete list because it doesn't mention the teva. And again, we'll, we'll get to that. Uh, literally the teva means the box, but that means the aron. So the more said, imishum teva No, that's not, that's, that's not a question because uh, t- um, we're talking about what's done inside the shul. But those things that are done in the public square, even though they're done with the aron, lokatani, that didn't make this list. Omer Avashi, Masisa Nami Deka, and you can see that from the words of the mission, Ektani, Ma Elu Yiseris Awishonis. What are the differences between the medium fast and the later fast? Again, uh, the Mishnah talked about three series of fasts. There were three, three, and seven. Those were the, the, the first three were lighter, then the middle three were heavier, and then the last seven were real serious. Um, the difference between those fasts are on some of the fasts, you blow the shofar, and they close the stores. But in every other way, they're equal. And maybe you want to say, maybe uh, we left out certain things. It says that there's these are, this is the difference. The tizra ma'elu dafkahu. The word ma'elu implies that these are the only differences. But clearly, v'hashayr le'teva. What do you mean? There's, it's a big difference when you bring the aron out to the, the, uh, to the square in front of the shul. So it must be clearly, imishum teva lavshir, that the leaving of the aron, uh, uh, not mentioning that, that clearly is not a, a, something that was left off the Mishnah. Um, uh, that's not, a, that, that's not uh, you can't bring a proof from there. So now the Gemara throws out a new svar. Again, the challenge is the only way we know what the rules are for a fast is from the Mishnah, and the Mishnah doesn't mention it clearly, this issue, which we want to get back to, which is whether you say a Nenu uh, as a separate bracha or not, but uh, we're mentioning that it left out the ark, the aron. So the Mora says a new svar. The Mora says, You just have to have patience. We're going to mention that later about that ceremony of taking the aron out. So the Mora says, Now that we came up with this svara, Even getting into the question of whether you make additional six brachas is also not left out. So the bottom line is, uh, later on, we're going to add more information. So you can't prove anything from here, uh, the fact that it left it out, because we're going to list some of these differences later. So the Gemara said, my Allah. So now we're confused. <laughs> what, what comes out? What do we do? In other words, we thought we had a proof, and then we said, well, it's all listed later, and this list is complete, it's not complete. Uh, but the bottom line is, we don't know what the Allah is. So, Omer Shmuel Bar Sratia Vakain Omer of Rokia Baravashi Omerav, Bain Goa Larofa. 
you do make the bracha of anenu, and you say it in between the bracha of redemption and healing. And by the way, that's a good place, in between redemption and healing. <laughs> One's a physical uh, redemption, and the other is another kind of... Uh, healing is also a form of redemption. But if people are starving, they need a geula. Uh, a geula is, a, is an, is an all-around uh, saving. So that's a good place uh, to mention the anenu. Rabashi said, no, he said, no, and this is like all Gomorrah's. We said, how do we come out? And of course, we have both views. Uh, we didn't come out. So, what's the halacha tefillah? And that's what we know. So we started not being sure, trying to bring a proof, and then we got bogged down into the, the nuance of the Mishnah, whether the fact that the Mishnah didn't mention it was a proof or not, and we said that you really can't prove much because there's a lot coming up later. Okay, but we did come out, the halacha is that privately we do say it in Shomei Tfila. Tani Chada. Uh, now we're at the two dots in the middle of the page. Tani Chada, uberis umenikas. What about women that are expecting or women that are nursing? Do they have to fast or not on these rain fasts? Again, the rain fasts are a potential uh, that people are going to starve and people die when they didn't have food. So uh, do they fast also? So we learned three opinions. Like all Gemara's, we've got to be ready for differences of opinions. I think Gemara training trains us always that there are multiple opinions about everything. If, if you get anything from Gemara, there's more than one view. And that's very, very useful because uh, in life there are some people that only have one view of things and uh, they view their view as the only view. Whereas in the Gemara, we're always trying to see there's multiple views and we try to understand all of them. That's a very useful thing in life. But at any rate, so we learned Uberus Umenikus Misana Brishona. They fast the first series. Ain Misana Bachona. They don't do the last series. No, they do the last ones. They don't do the first ones. They don't do either. So we're confused. Are there three opinions here? And why, why would they do the first ones and not the last ones? Why would they do the last ones and not the first ones? So what's going on here? What about these pregnant women? What do they do? So Am Ravashi Ravashi wants to say, really, none of these prices argue. Nakit emsois biadecha. If you go from the vantage point of the middle fast, so again, there's the three fasts, and then the, those are the first, and then there's the three in the middle, and then there's the seven in the end. That's a total of 13. So, ma elu yiseris al um, in what way are the middle ones different than the first ones? Ela elu masriyim. On the middle ones, you blow the shofar, but no one has a chanvonios. And you, um, you close the stores. Um, let's do the Rashi before we go weiter. What does he mean that you can see everything from the middle vantage point? How did that answer the problem? So Rashi explains. And by the way, we have another kolomar Rashi. It means that from the words of the Gemara, you wouldn't necessarily know how does the middle answer this three-way uh, argument. So, Nakit Messias Biedecha Klomar. Teretz de Bisholish Emsoyes Havi Masnis. And the Mishnah is talking about the three middle ones. Umitartsa Lakula Hanaf Masnisa. And if we're talking about the three middle ones, we can answer these three brises. 
that which we said the women fast the first ones and not the last ones. Hanuk Rishonas, when we said the first ones, we didn't mean the first ones. Lo Rishonish Mamish, not the first three. The first three, it's not such a calamity yet. So we don't trouble the pregnant women and take any chances there. Ella Amsois, we meant the first of the, meaning the first ones, meaning the earlier ones, the middle ones. Because the middle ones are first to the later ones. So even though it said first, it means the first, meaning the earlier ones. But the women don't do the last seven. Because since they're a series of seven, you can't expect pregnant and nursing women to try to get through seven fasts. So even though the last seven are heavy duty, we don't trouble them already uh, with those seven. Vodaktani, and that which we said the last and not the first, we mean Hanach Ronis Emsos. We mean the last of the middle ones. Nidu. Verishonis, Rishonis, but the first ones are the first ones of Ein Misanimahan, and they don't fast during the first ones. The low Takif Rugza, Kuli Hai. It's not so bad yet. And this is the language that we call the middle ones the first ones, and the last ones are last ones, but they're last to the first. So um, basically we're saying now that there really is no argument, even though it sounded like three opinions. Uh, let's, let's just look at the words again. So we're starting again from the middle, uh, the two dots. The pregnant women, the nursing women, they fast the first. It means the first of the middle ones, just the three fast ones, the Bahabis, but not the seven. We don't make them do the seven. So that's the first of it. They do the later ones. So that meant the later, meaning the middle ones, they don't do the right away ones. They don't do the first ones, and they don't do the last ones, they just do the middle ones. So If you learn it like this, uh, it comes out, there's no argument here. Everybody agrees that pregnant women, they, they, if there's only three, the first three, they don't jump into fast. The last seven is too much for them. The middle three, they try to fast. Obviously, if they get sick and they can't handle it, they don't do the middle three. So this was interesting. We thought there was a three-way argument, and there's really no argument at all. It's just a vantage point. Okay, fine. Then we go on to the next piece and, uh, in the Mishnah, and we just clarify what's the difference in the two three-years, in the, in the, three, the, free, the three fasts. What is the difference? So my Eli Sarasarishonis, what's the difference between the middle three and the first three? Elu Shebe'elu, the middle three, Masri had been noticed they closed the stores. So we said they also blow the chauffeurs. So my Masriyan, it actually didn't say what they blow. What do they blow? We had uh, actually, uh, in a lot of fast days, they blew trumpets. So what, uh, what does it mean here they blow? So Rabbi Yehuda Amr Shofras, he says they blew Shofras. Rabbi Yehuda Breder of Shmuel Barshilev Shmederav Omra Ba'anenu. They blew it in the Tefillah of Anenu. So Kasilka Daikta Mandyam Anenu. So now this gets tricky here. Uh, why is this tricky? Because what's a nenu? We all think we know what a nenu is. Until now, a nenu meant the special bracha on a fast day. Uh, so over here, now the Gemara throws us for a curb. We always get something different. That we're not talking about the regular a nenu in the Shemona Esrei, but we're talking about um, 
the Anenu in Tfila. Let's find the Rashi. Uh, there's a, you know, in the Slichos, where we say a lot of Anenu, 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 Anenu. So there was a special Tfila that they did on a fast day, and they blew the shofar at each one of the Anenus. Um, let's, uh, let's see if I could find the Rashi. One second. Um, Yeah, it's Rashi Rabbi Huda Omar. Let's see. Um, Rashi Rabbi Huda Omar Masrian Enenu Bekol Ram. They would blow out, uh, blow the shofar uh, uh, in a loud voice. Havitzakin Enenu. They would call out Enenu Avinu Enenu Enenu Elokei Avram Enenu Enenu Elokei Yitzchok Enenu. This Enenu is not the Enenu of the Shmona Esrei, but it was an Enenu that we say in Slichos. Slichos were fast days. That was said, that was something that was done even in the first three fasts. The, the question here is, we're saying the difference between the middle fast and the later fast and the first three. And we're saying that they blew, they had a special tefillah of Anenu where they blew the shofar. So Moore is saying that's not the Anenu Shmon Esrei, because the Anenu Shmon Esrei you say even in the first three fasts. That's the Anenu Aslikos. And that Anenu is the one that we just quoted Anenu, Anenu, Ke Avram, Anenu, Anenu, Ke Yitzhak, Anenu, Anenu. That one is a special tefillah, and they blew the shofar as they said it. Um, unfortunately, we do slichos extremely quickly <laughs> because uh, we're doing a lot of davening and we don't know the meaning of all the words and we got to get to work. But this enenu is a very important enenu. I mean, imagine it, that we're saying, Inseras Hashem, Inseras. It's a very emotional enenu. Answer us in the merit of Avram, answer, you know. And so they blew the shofar. Let's just finish the Rashi. Vafila yakin ukmeda amrushmeya and uh, they would say it, hasra. So, this was in davening, and that was called the blowing. Um, and If you learn that they blew the shofar in the anenu of Titus, Rashi says they're making a mistake. So, um, uh, so again, the more did a switcheroo, which we're okay with that. Morris do that all the time. Uh, all of a sudden, the anenu isn't the anenu, according to Rashi, of the Tainus, but it's the anenu of the special slichos that were said. That's when they blew the shofar. Okay, fine. Back to the Gemara. Did they blow the, did they blow the trumpet? Oh, sorry. Did they blow the trumpet on all the uh, fasts? So uh, that they did. I skipped a Rashi. You, you got me there, Michael. I skipped it. Uh, Rashi dealt with that a little bit whether they blew the trumpets or they blew the, um, the shofras. Um, that's the Rashi b'shofras. Uh, Rashi was bothered by the same thing you were by. What about the trumpets? <laughs> Did they blow those? Now, your question you want to ask is today we have fast days also. Why aren't we blowing? Right? So that's the Tosos. Um, uh, tosos over here deals with that. Uh, whether or not we blow... Uh, today, whether we would blow and why don't we blow. Uh, uh, well, Tosas mentioned a little bit there. They talk about that, but in the end of the day, we don't blow today. 
uh, only when the it, either in only in Eretz Yisrael or only when the base of Migdash was standing is there a formal blowing. But in theory, they used to blow. Okay, let's go back to the Gemara. Uh, so uh, let's read the words again. Uh, so we said in the, the again the Mishnah was talking about the series of you went you did the first three fasts and then you did the middle three and in the middle three. They blew and they closed the stores. But my Masriya, what did they blow? Rabbi Yehuda with shofaris. They blew with shofaris. Rabbi Yehuda braid with shmuel barshil mishmei rav omer ba'anenu. They blew an anenu. So and again, that's where I, I paused and showed you the Rashi learns that it's not the anenu of the davening, but it's the anenu of the shmona esrei, but it's the anenu of the special tefillah for a fast day, which is in the slichos that we zoom through. Uh, he says that's the anenu. Kesukadai man yom anenu. Yeah. There are some notes at the bottom that, uh, that when they're, they're not necessarily blowing during the Anainu, it's just that, that one uh, opinion of the blowing is with the chauffeur, one opinion of the quote unquote blowing is with prayer. Not, not blowing. Yeah, we'll get to that with the blowing with prayer. We didn't really, yeah, it's correct. Oh, okay. When the Gemara said, with what do we blow, that was the question. Is it, uh, is it a blowing or is it a. Um, is it a strong prayer? That's right. Uh, so, but this opinion that said Bishofras meant that it's a blowing. Yeah. Okay, no, but I was confused because you keep on saying that during the Anenu they would blow, as opposed to that the, that the Anenu prayer would be the calling out, not necessarily blowing during the Anenu, but the prayer itself is considered calling out. So, in this opinion that says Bishofras, right. that so means that they did the blow. Second, I mean, the second opinion. Yeah, we didn't get there. We're still in the first opinion. Uh, well, we're, we started talking in Bishofros. Uh, in other words, Rabbi Yehuda Omar Bishofros, so you did blow. Now the Gemara is going to bring the other opinion that you just, it was in Tefillah. Okay, so when it says Bishofros, it means in the Tefillah. Um, cor- oh, correct, yeah, Anenu means in the Tefillah. He says, no, you don't blow Bishofros. The word Masriyan means you call out. The calling out is an Anenu. Uh, thank you for the, um, uh, Richard, for pointing that out. I think I, I may have confused it when I said you blow the shofar at Anenu. No, it's, the more here is assuming you do one or the other. Either you blow the shofar, and that's the, the trua, or you call out. Then uh, this word doesn't mean you blow, it means you call out. And the word enenu is a calling out. And we're assuming they're exclusive. You do one or the other, either you blow shofar or you say enenu. But the Gemara says, we learn, there's no less than seven fasts, and there's a minimum of 18 hasros. And clearly, in Jericho, that was with Shofris. So clearly, this word uh, means that you're not just calling out, but you're calling out with Shofris. So clearly, if you, you, if you do blow a Shofris, that is called, the word Hasra means a Trua. Key Pligi, the question is, if you add the tefillah of Enenu, Mar Savar Karile Hasra, that's also called calling out. Umar Savar Lo Kari Hasra. And the other opinion says, no, if you just 
call out, that's not called hasra. That's not called the true. If you say it in a nenu, certainly, as if a nenu is hasra, certainly shofris are called hasra. shofris, lo. I, Vahatanya, more has a question. So we're getting into a question on these other fast days. Did they blow shofar or did they say anenu? And the one who says they blow shofar, did they do both? That's the question. Vahatanya, didn't we learn the following? Kol mine pronius hamishrakshos. There's all types of punishments, all types of calamities. It's interesting, this word, hamishrakshos. Uh, it means that there's a certain nature that their plagues came. They always had plagues. We're getting used to it because we're the first time in close to 100 years that we had a plague, but that's because uh, we've been very fortunate. But in the uh, previous times, they happen. Hamis Rakshos means that they, things happen, that uh, from time to time there were plagues, Kigon. What were their plagues? Kigon, uh, uh, the first one was Kikuk. Kikuk was one second. Uh, let's see. The uh, Kikuk was a kind of leprosy. This was kind of a physical uh, plague that people got. I, I don't know the black plague or whatever it was. It doesn't sound. It was a uh, something contagious that. Uh, made like a, uh, uh, it's, it's like a, a leprous plague. So if they, had, they didn't have vaccines, so if they had a plague, or they had the grasshoppers, or zvu vitzira, or they had uh, different kinds of hornets and pests, v'yutushim. Um, what is that that they get in Baltimore every 17 years? The uh, um, uh, cicadas. cicadas, right. They had, uh, but if you have crops, these, these things can be deadly. They eat up your crops. Uh, the the uh, Rashi seems to say it has to be the kind that bite people. Tzira, Rashi says, Okse esa adam. They bite people. Uh, and Yutushim, Rashi says, Niknasim be'ena v'chotmo. They go in your eyes and your nose. Sounds very unpleasant. <laughs> your eyes and your nose. But if they don't go in your eyes and your nose, you don't have to start fasting for them. Uh, but again, these were, these were very difficult plagues. Snakes and scorpions. So uh, these types of things, you wouldn't uh, have, uh, you wouldn't blow the, the trumpets and you wouldn't say these tefillahs elatsokim. You do what's called sa'aka, you call out. And since sa'aka is a tefillah, hasra b'shofris. Clearly, the shofar is, there's one level of davening and another level is crying with the shofar. So this clearly seems to say that they're two different things, that just davening isn't called uh, a trua. So the Gemara says, Tanoi, clearly there's different opinions about this. The Tanya, Lelo, Masri, and B'Shabbos. On these things, you can even call out on Shabbos. If there's a city surrounded by the Goyim, Onar, or if there's a river that's uh, overflowing, or if there's a ship in danger, Rabbi Yossi says, He says on Shabbos, you daven for help, but you don't scream. But my If we're talking about uh, calling out in prayer with a shofar on Shabbos, we know you don't blow shofar with shofar mishari. Uh, we see that you, you call out with the anenu prayer, and we see that's called 
calling out. So clearly, some people say that prayer is also, this word hasriya can be used for prayer. So we, we uh, So the bottom line is we have two opinions. When, when did they bring out the shofar sunat? And we see that it could be this term of hasriya can sometimes be used for calling out in prayer, not necessarily calling out with a shofar. A shofar is a form of prayer, but it's already another level where you use the shofar to, to pray. Okay. During the years of Yehudinesia, there was trouble. There was a Torah. It doesn't say exactly what it was, but it was a, uh, that's not relevant to know exactly what kind of Torah they had, uh, but they had a Torah. Um, as we turn the page. Gozer Aleish Losha Atlas Esrei Tanis. They did a series of 13 fasts, 3, 3, and 7. And below Enenu, they weren't answered. So what do you do? What do you do if you have a trouble? Now, by the way, if we would be in that situation, if we had made fasts because of COVID, and, and it was still here, right? So what do we do? Do we keep on with the fast or what? So, Sover uh, Lemigzer they said, keep on going. Let's have more fasts. So, Omer Le Ravami, Hari Omer, Ema, Yosemi Dai. He says, you don't put too much on the community. You, you don't, uh, if you ask too much for everybody, they can't handle it. Thir- more than 13 fasts is too much. He says, Rev. Ami was only saying that because in his situation, uh, they didn't feel that they wanted to do more. But you're really allowed to do more if it's appropriate. Rashi He didn't want to fast. So he said, you're not required. Meaning, in his situation, they didn't feel it was necessary when he said that you don't do more than 13. But actually, if you want to, there are situations where you're allowed to do more. That's only for rain. Rain, you don't do more than 13 because by the time you finish the 13, it's too late. Other fasts, you can keep on going until you're answered. There's an idea in prayer. I mean, Moshe Rabbeinu David hundreds of times. Uh, sometimes you don't get what you want the first time, but that doesn't mean you stop. And that's a, it's a well-known thing that we pray and we pray and we pray and we pray. Somebody's sick, we don't stop. And we don't say, well, I've been there, done that. Uh, we have a very short concept of prayer. Uh, that You pray once, and we believe that you keep on asking many times, and you never know when you'll be answered. You, um, so it could be more than 13. They said three. And then they said seven. That whole series of three, three, and seven, that's only for rain. So clearly we're saying you could even do more. Um, that sounds like they're arguing on Ravami, who said you don't you, you, you don't do more. So Omar Lak Ravami Tanoihi, there are different opinions about this. The first opinion says you never do more than thirteen. They said, No, you never don't put it on the community. 
Rishim Gamliel said, Lo that's not the reason. It's because it's after the rainy season. But if it's another calamity that uh, has nothing to do with rain, you could do even more than 13. So it's really an interesting debate about uh, how much you could put on the community. They had Jews living in Iraq and the city of Ninveh. They sent to Rabbi Kigon Anan, according to us, to Philip Tuas Thomas, being in Mitra. Their season, their crops were growing in a different season totally. So they needed rain even in the summertime. So what should they do? So this is a famous question. In other words, does rain, uh, obviously uh, you would daven because people will starve and, and uh, it is a danger to the Jewish community, but it would go by the community you live in. So they lived in a community where they needed rain in the summer. What should they do? Ki dami o karabim dami. How do they daven? Do they daven ki dami and they daven in shemei tefillah o karabim dami or is it like a separate community ubracha and they can add a bracha in by birchas hashanim. So dami outside the land of Israel we're like Kiyachidim Dami, Vishmeya And so, even though it's a whole community, it's an individual community. The real community where Jews belong is in Israel. So therefore, you don't make a separate bracha outside the land of Israel, and you say it in Shemeya Tefila. These fasts are whatever the years are the way they should be. And the Jewish people is in the land of Israel. Everything goes according to the yearly cycle, and everything goes according to the country that you're in. Hakolafi Azman, um, and uh, and uh, we seem to say that you that it, you could make the bracha depending on where you live. Omerle Masnisa Rami you're asking me a brisa. The Rebbe Rab Tanihu Palag. Rebbe argues on that. So this issue of whether you make a separate bracha outside the land of Israel, there are different opinions. My Havi Allah, what are we supposed to do? <laughs> Whenever you get different opinions, the Gemara always gives a gift. Let's, uh, often the Gemara will say, My Havi Allah. Well, what came out? How do we resolve this? So, Rav Nachman Omar, You could make a bracha. Rav Shesha says, This also always happens. When, we, when you want to know how we came out, we get two opinions. But now our Gemara says, We do say, That's when we add the bracha in. Uh, we don't add a separate bracha. We say anenu in Shemei if it's a type of rain problem that's only found outside the land of Israel. B'sheni, so now we continue on. So we said on a Monday, mati im chashecha, we're allowed to open the stores. We don't keep them open a full day, but at the end of the day, we open up so <coughs> the fast days you can buy food. Of Chamishi on, fr- on Thursday, the whole day in honor of Shabbos. What do we mean? That on Monday we tilt the doors open on uh, just, we let them, the stores be open at the end of the day, but on Thursday, it's open the whole day for Shabbos. But maybe we mean um, we mean the question is um, what do we do on Thursday with the stores? On the second day, the whole day, it's open partially. It's open the whole day. 
Really, the question was, what does that word mati mean? Does it mean like we open it a little bit, or is it open a little the whole day, or just open a little at the end of the day? So Tashma, Detonim B'Shnei, Mati Ma'ada Erev. On the second day, on Monday, we open only towards the evening. And then on the Thursday, post can call Ayam the whole day, Bnei Kavit Shabbos. Hailo Shnei And what if you got two doors in the store? Poseach Echa Echad. You, what you do is you leave one door open and one door closed. You're like half open. Hayolo itzdeva keneged pisco. If you have something opposite the door, so put like steps, poseikadarko, then you can leave it open. We want to have a public sign that it's not business as usual on a fast day. So they would leave one door locked or they would have like something in front of the door. So what happens if all 13 fasts go and we don't get an answer? So then we uh, do less business and we do less building uh, or planting. When we say building, we mean a happy building. Like we talk, they used to build uh, wedding quarters or build a chuppah. And planting, uh, good news, Michael, doesn't mean just regular planting. It means joyous planting. Let's see what that means. What's a binyusha simcha? Zehabona beis chasasim? No, that's a wedding hall. Zehu netiyasho simcha. And now what's a netiyasho simcha? That's when you do uh, avernukis. Have you ever made an avernuki shomalachim? Those are avernukis of kings. Let's see. There should be a Rashi here. Avernuki shomalachim. Rashi. First wide line. When the king had a son, the, the royal prince was born, having noted Elon Lushmo. So he says they would plant a tree in honor of the prince. Uh, and the day that he would be coronated, they make a chair from it. It was a special tree for the king to go under. And the Havale Laresh Galusa that they had this, this was a special kind of kingly tree or something that only the kings would do. So apparently. Is that a joyous planting? Is that what he, that's what Rashi's saying? I believe so. Uh, that was the joyous planting, yeah. I, I think it means even if you're not a king and you would plant it uh, because you were that wealthy that you could do this kind of thing. Because otherwise. You were only doing it if you lived in a country that had a king. And um, so I, wouldn't the king get upset if you didn't plant a, a tree for him or something? Or, I think it means that if you're a, like a wealthy person would want to do it for himself. Let me just see how. Um, yeah. They bring out the notes that uh, people then later adopted that so that when, they gave, when their own child was born, they would plant a tree for that child that was born, not just I see. Oh, thank you. Yeah. So it, it's almost, you know, like we call our daughters Jewish American princesses. Uh, so their sons also, some people, their son was like a silver spoon in his mouth. They adopted the royal custom to plant a tree when he was born. So these kind of plantings. Well, well, that, that even reminds me of the German custom of the wimple. So when the brush, they would have uh, the wimple and they used the, the Torah at the bar mitzvah and then they used it again uh, at the upper. Right. That idea of having so these were very happy kind of celebrations. The person was so uh, happy about the child being born. But uh, during a fast year, if there were things where there was a calamity going on, 
they should be avoided. Okay, people that are learned, they didn't greet each other on fast days. Amaratzim, people who are of the land, they don't know that halacha, Shisholan, who happened to greet you, so you can't ignore them. You answer them in a soft voice, Ubekovid Rosh, in a bent head. They would wrap themselves and sit like uh, mourners who were uh, um, who were uh, menuda means like they somebody in cherem somebody who was crying they would be like wrapped and separate they would wrap themselves up uh, in a way that showed that they were uh, mourning. We would act differently until Hashem has mercy on us. Uh, what about uh, one of the kinds of davening that we do to get Hashem to answer us is we fall on our face. That's like the Tachnan davening. So he said important people, they don't fall on their face unless they know it'll work. Like Yeshua ben Nun, get up. You don't need to fall. Um, he's saying uh, that there were tanoim that they would do tachnan and they'd be immediately answered. In other words, they would do tachnan and it would rain. And, but an important person, he's saying, would only fall on their face if they it immediately had an effect or they knew that they, would be, they were like Yeshua, that they'd be answered. Another custom they had was to wear sackcloth. And he said that you would only wear sackcloth unless you know you'll be answered like Yoram, the son of Achav, who was not so righteous, uh, but at that particular time there was a, uh, a famine and there was no rain. And because he wore sackcloth, Hashem took pity on him. It says, What happened was he heard that people were eating their children, that uh, there was cannibalism and it was, the famine was so bad. The Eucharist begot of any towards clothing. So who, over Alachoma, and he was, uh, somebody was passing by on the wall, and the people saw Vineasak, because when he tore his clothing, they saw underneath the royal robes, he was wearing sackcloth. So, and then they were answered. So you see that, uh, basically we only take on a symbol of mourning if we are sure it'll be effective. Otherwise, it's degrading. Not everybody does tearing and not everybody does falling on their face. Moshe Arab Nefila. They did Nefila. Yeshua Vakolev, they did Kriya to tear your clothes. Moshe Arab Nefila, they fell on their faces. Yeshua Vakolev, they tripped. Yeshua it's interesting, different people have different methods to arouse Hashem in davening. Some people fall their, on their faces and some people tear their clothes. It's interesting how to know who does what. If it said Yeshua did it, then I'd agree with you. But it says vi Yeshua. Maybe he tried both. He fell on his face, it didn't work, and then he ripped. Ripping Kriya is like what people do when there's death. That's like a real serious show of trouble. But maybe he did both. Now, so it's an interesting question. It's since it mentions by some people they ripped, and since it mentioned by some people they fell, did it mean that they first tried falling and then ripped or not? That was the question. So a similar question, it mentions uh, prostration. It mentions bowing and falling, a full bowing. 
So does it mean they did both or does it mean one or the other? So a similar argument. You don't really do a partial bow for everybody. And you don't do a full bow for everything. For kings, you do kima. And for sarim, you do the partial. Malachim Akima, how do you know? Dixiv Kaamar Shem, Gol Yisrael Kadcho. As we turn to tomorrow's page, we're going to finish the parak. Merit Hashem. It says the boy's nefesh. Uh, this is a pasuk. Goy Laoben Moshli Malachim. It says that we today have non, we serve non-Jews as kings, but we show respect. Yiru Vikumu. We we bow. Vistarim Bishtachava. So what do you see? Dixiv Sarim Bishtachvu. We see clearly that there's one that you do one uh, one kind of bowing for a king and another kind of bowing for an officer. If it said and officers, they get a different kind of bow. I'd agree with you. Maybe you do both. So just like we had the argument about. Bowing and uh, about falling on your face and tearing, if you, it's either some are appropriate for one and some are appropriate for another, that really maybe you do both. Here also, for bowing to show respect to a king or an, or an officer, there's two opinions. One says you do uh, one for uh, a lesser bowing for the officers and a greater bowing for a king, and one says you do both. And one final argument that's similar, This is in the future that it says that some people get a blessing of light and some people get a blessing of joy. He says, Sadiqim, they get ora, and the Yesharim, those that are straight, that are upright, they get joy. Sadiqim la'ora dixiv orzaru latzadik. Ulishorim simcha dixiv rishelev simcha. So, by the way, it comes out that Yeshorim are even greater than Sadiqim. That's the interesting thing. Hadrilach um, me'emesai. There are t- two kinds of joy. There's a joy called light, and there's a joy called simcha. And they're both mentioned. And the question is, uh, do they get both, or is it one for one and one for the other? And it's really a deeper thought. But it is interesting that light is a form of joy.